This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner here with you. Today we're going to talk about how USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten affects Illinois, uh, affects the Big Ten as well. But I, I needed to get some insight from, from what is happening in LA. And, and our guy, Ryan Abraham at uscfootball.com, part of 24-7 Sports Network, has always been kind to me, whether it was Josh or Matt Torbebe, Trayvon Sidney, Wally Batiku coming to Illinois, uh, but one of our best sites. Uh, and now... Uh, soon to be a, a fellow Big Ten site on the 24-7 Sports Network, which is, it, it's it's crazy, Ryan, but I just got to get the initial reaction when, when you heard this was going down from from USC guy. It's, Jeremy, it was nuts. So I'm at, uh, I live in Hermosa Beach, Southern California. Um, the town next door is Redondo Beach. If you heard of it, I mean, it's uh, that's where the Elite 11 usually has their finals camp. And so we were there, all these national media people there, recruiting people, you got Biggins and Blair Angulo, all the guys, all the 247 sports guys, guys from all over the country. You know, USC has a quarterback commit there, Malachi Nelson, five-star quarterback from Los Alamitos. And it's the third day. It's about to start seven on seven. I'm with Chris Trevino, who's one of my reporters. And he's looking at his phone. Is like, uh, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. And we're like, uh-oh, like, this is what? And so we're like ready to just cover this recruiting event. And then like, okay, none of this matters. Drop all of this stuff. Um, you know, it's it's, it is weird. And uh, we had some of the 247 sports people come to us and like, hey, I have a, a laptop here and a microphone if you want to record like an emergency podcast. I'm like, I'm literally half a mile from my studio. We're just going to go over there and record the podcast. So we just left the elite <laughs> like, bye, everybody. And then and recorded this. And it was just crazy. By the end of the day, it was official, you know, so uh, covering USC, there's always like, you know, a couple times a year, there's like a drop everything story. Like, I don't understand. Like, what, what, whoa, this is crazy. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley was a big one and, and this was, I mean, as, as big as, as anything, you know, just cause it's changing the whole landscape of the future of the athletic department, not just a football team. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty nuts. Yeah, Ryan, like I, I've been thinking of the last year, like Lincoln Riley in November, then like Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, like it's, it's been enough of a year, uh, USC and then moved to the big 10, but give me, give me your perspective. Were, were you happy? Were you uh upset like how, and how is the fan base are, are they is it mixed feelings uh, about this move yeah so i think with the fans starting jeremy um uh, it's definitely more mixed than i thought like i did a twitter poll which you know i do a pac-12 podcast that i have a lot of like oregon and utah fans that follow me too and that was more like 57 percent in favor so i think a lot of them were like other pac-12 fans but that kind of shocked me and we did one on the parastyle or uscfootball.com vip board and uh, that was more like in the, the mid 70s. So that that probably makes sense. But there's just a lot of people that are into the tradition, you know, maybe not playing Cal and Stanford ever again, or every year, uh, stuff like that, the Rose Bowl. I mean, no one's gone to more Rose Bowls than USC and USC and UCLA, I think combined for 46% of all the Pac-12 
represents, you know, invites to the Rose Bowl. So a lot of that's going to be gone. So there's a lot of changes. I get it. And I think once people realize how, you know, just the economics of this is going to work out that you can save Olympic sports now that you're going to get cut. The LA Times had a story today that the UCLA was going to have to cut a whole bunch of sports because they were in so much debt. And this is going to save them from doing that. And there's probably similar stuff that'll come out from USC. So I think the fans will, it's mixed for sure. For me, like personally, I thought it was huge. I always thought that USC should kind of act like the big dog on the West coast. And they just never, they haven't been doing that. Um, and this is a really bold move, which I, I didn't think they needed to leave the PAC 12, but apparently, you know, they thought that, but at least, you know, do something like say, Hey, we're going to leave unless the PAC 12 treats us a little bit differently than they treat Washington state, which that's not been the case. You know, you see the SEC, they treat Alabama a little bit different. You know, the, I'm sure in, in the, in the big 10, Ohio state gets a little different. like they didn't do that for USC. So I feel like it was a, a, a bold move, but if they just felt like there was no way that George Klyovkov can fix all the problems that Larry Scott created or continued in the PAC 12, this was, you're going to be your best option. And like, personally, like, you know, we, we do this for a living. This is big. Like hiring Lincoln Riley was like, my site grew like by 35%. Like, so there's personal re like business reasons like that. You might do the best job covering Illinois. And if the team's terrible, right. it, it doesn't show, but they make some big coaching hire and it helps your business a lot. And it was the same thing for me where, you know, they hire Lincoln Riley and it was a big deal. And I think this is going to be the same sort of thing going to the big 10. But if I'm like taking my journalism hat off and just said, Hey, I'm a fan of USC football. Like, yeah, all day long. I think this is, this is a great move. And if you want to keep up, with the changing times in college football, I think you had to do something like this. So I, I think this allows them, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it allows them, gives them a path back to national prominence that I don't think you would have been able to continue five years from now if the Pac-12 kept going on that same road. Yeah, 70 plus percent is more than I thought it would have been, no. uh, to be honest with you. So I, I think that tells you what USC, what they saw in front of them and said that, hey, Big Ten or SEC is, is kind of the place to be maybe right now. And, you know, when I see it, Ryan, you know, Illinois football our Illinois and athletic program because of the big 10 meteorites can bring in 60, $70 million and USC is getting 20 to 30 million and they're packed. Well, like that doesn't seem right <laughs> because it's just, it's not the same thing. It's not the same level of football. Right. So uh, why did, why did USC see this as like necessary? Because I agree with you, Ryan. I think USC football, which when I was in college was the biggest thing in the world, right? Like they were the biggest brand, at that point uh, with Leinert and Reggie Bush and all that. And that kind of faded. And now you get Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and Jordan S and moved to the big 10. I think this is going to build USC back up to being one of the preeminent powers. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, my college days are a little before yours. My first college game when I was, I went to USC undergrad and grad school. And my very first game was USC, Illinois, Jeff George uh, against Todd Morenovich uh, back in 1989. So come back 14, 13 win, I think, for uh, for the Illini. So that was like my first college game ever. So it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you look at this, like you mentioned, you could say like, why is Vanderbilt making like two or three times as much TV revenue as, as USC? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of programs like that. And it's that's one thing where you're like, okay, whatever. But we've seen like a Purdue come in and hire away, you know, Colorado's head coach. You take Mel Tucker away after a one, five and seven season and throw five or 6 million at them. And like, there's no way Colorado is going to be able to keep up with that because they're in the PAC 12. 
we could probably start to see more in that if you know illinois comes in and like hires lincoln riley away like we're gonna give him 15 million dollars like you're like holy cow like that's a huge thing well i'm not saying it would happen but stuff like that could potentially but i think seeing how recruiting everything's changing money is much more involved uh in the recruiting process with nil and stuff it's not from the schools directly but you're still going to try to bring in top three classes like when usc could do that uh and you're competing with alabama and georgia and ohio state for that and if those if those schools are having you know three times the kind of annual revenue that you will have if it's recruiting staffs if it's facilities whatever i don't think that was going to be sustainable either so they have that you know aspirations to get back to that level and i think lincoln riley we've shown he can recruit there they have the number one transfer class coming in but to do that year after year I don't think having that kind of shortfall on the revenue side was going to be sustainable. You could do it for a little while, uh, but I don't think you could keep that going. So part of it's like what you said, but I think part of it's just like, hey, what are the what are the people we're trying to emulate making? We need to be in that ballpark if we want to compete. So, Ryan, UCLA and USC looked like a package deal here. Um, so we obviously know UCLA basketball, right? And it's had ebbs and flows, but it's still one of the better programs. I think fits seamlessly into the Big Ten. Uh, but why was this a package deal? Like, what does UCLA bring into the Big Ten along with USC? It's funny. Uh, John Wilner, who broke the story, does a great job covering the Pac-12 for the San Jose uh, Mercury News Group. He was on Feinbaum, and they asked him that. And he's like, well, mostly their affiliation with USC. So it was, that's why they were there. Uh, part of I mean, being able to lock down the LA market uh, is important. I think just having a, a, a partner if it was like USC and Notre Dame joining together, like obviously that's huge, but USC is pretty alienated. So just having like a partner, uh, I think helps. And that's when was one of the cool things about the Pac-12 is like, there was just all these partners like Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, the Cal Stanford's, USC, UCLA. So having those partnerships, I think was, it, you know, is something that's beneficial. If you look at, you know, what the Big Ten values, I think there's similar values with the Pac-12 where you talk about academics and research institutions and all that and other sports. And I think I was watching Big Ten Network, which I can get, and I can't get the Pac-12 Network, which is funny. Um, but, you you know, I think USC and UCLA bring in like 243 combined national championships like into the conference. And I, I think the Big Ten will have more because the Pac-12 calls themselves the Conference of Champions. But Stanford, USC, and UCLA have the majority of those. And now two of those, you know, Stanford has the most, but USC and UCLA are two or three in the country. Now they're going to the Big Ten. I think that's, you know, part of the appeal too. But I, I think just that kind of partnership, and it makes more sense, I think, for USC and like a UCLA to go in, just owning the LA market. Uh, and then as opposed to like a USC and an Oregon or Washington or something like that. Um, but UCLA has a lot of potential too on the football side we've seen some some greatness at times and I think you know maybe they're going to take athletics a little more serious uh just hiring Chip, Chip Kelly hasn't worked out great I mean they're on a better path now but that was a big move we have never seen UCLA do something like that so I think you're not if you're enjoying the Big Ten you're not doing this for all the other sports like you have to take football seriously and uh we'll see if they're they're going to be able to do that but it you know, I, there's definitely benefit having both teams, but I think USC was still like the, the bus driver of, uh, of the partnership. Ryan, the Big 12 found a way to survive, at least in the short term, when we were like, calling them dead last year when they lost Texas and Oklahoma. Can the Pac-12 survive? What, what do you see next for them? I mean, I'm very – like Bob Bosley, the, the commissioner, you know, the former commissioner now, I mean, a lot of criticism there if you follow the Big 12 at all, but 
as good of a job as you could have done after that, you know, what you thought was a mortal wound, he patched it up, got him back, rehabbed, and like, they're a strong conference now. They don't have the brand, they don't have the big brand, but they are very stable. Um, they're in a probably better spot than anyone else that's not the SEC or the Big Ten. And the SEC is locked on this long deal that's not very good. Um, and, you know, the Big 12 reached out with an olive branch last year when they lost Texas and Oklahoma to the Pac-12. And then there was no life preserver thrown their way. Now the Pac-12 didn't raid them, but they also didn't help them. And so now the Pac-12 is in a position that they need help some, somewhere. So what can you do? I mean, there's the ACC you could try to partner with instead of like this handshake, a handshake agreement that just fell apart. Um, you knew where there was no contract. This wasn't going to last very long between the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac-12. But maybe that's something to work with the ACC and allow them to renegotiate their TV contract and get out of that. That could be beneficial to both. I don't know if the Big 12 is going to partner when they could just come in and kind of raid the Pac-12 because the Arizona schools, Colorado, and Utah would help, I think, the, the Big 12 a lot. They don't have the big brand that you would be shrinking the size of each pie if you add those markets because you're adding Salt Lake City, you're adding Phoenix, Denver. It would probably be at least even or maybe even a little better. And the Big 12 right now without the big brand, probably bulk is a little bit better than anything. So you add some really strong teams and maybe even like an Oregon and a Washington. So I think all that would be possible. But for the Pac-12, like you feel bad for George Klyovkov. It's been a year since he took over and it's just a mess. I think they announced today that they were going to start negotiations for their uh, you know, media rights deals. And I think what he's trying to do is keep the 10 teams he has together. But it's sort of like, you know, it's like it's like herding cats. You're just trying to keep everyone together and they're just jumping out. I mean, there's going to be teams that will jump. I mean, we might find out tomorrow or in an hour or, you know, a week from now that the Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado are going to leave or Washington. I don't think Washington and Oregon end up in the Big Ten yet. I think the Notre Dame domino has to fall. But that that's probably good for the Pac-12. But they have to stop the bleeding. Uh, and there's, you know, there's a lot of leaks all over the place. Um, if I, if you had to, if I had to bet on, and I do a podcast, I do the podcast of champions, the Pac-12 podcast, and I love it. It's a lot of fun, but I don't know if we're going to be around in two years. I just don't see, you know, even if, if I kept doing it after USC leaves for the, for the big 10, I don't see a way that, that the Pac-12 survives this. I mean, there's going to have to be some Hail Marys thrown and just, it, I think it's going to be really tough. Uh, the big 12 had some low-hanging fruit out there in the group of five and they did a good job you know adding Cincinnati and UCF and Houston and and uh, BYU those teams are gone now so like is adding Boise State and San Diego State and Fresno State going to be the same thing I there's just no way to replace USC and UCLA so I, I think it's going to be really tough for the Pac-12 to keep going but I like George Klyovkov he's going to try like hell to make it work I, I just don't know if it's going to be enough if the Big Ten added any more from the Pac-12, is Stanford atop that list with the Notre Dame? Like Notre Dame, you said, like that's clearly the number one. I think Stanford makes all the, the cultural sense, the Bay Area, if markets still matter. And then Oregon and Washington, I, I've long thought would, would make a lot of sense. So if, if, if the Big Ten's building a Western wing and came to Ryan Abraham and said, hey, which three should we add with Notre Dame? What would you pick? Yeah, no, I think it's weird. The Stanford one, the Bay Area schools are just strange. And that just the West Coast football is just different than other places. Like, if you told me tomorrow that Stanford decided to stop playing football, like, I wouldn't be, like, shocked. Like, 
And this is a team that was like winning Rose Bowls and going like, they, I mean, they've had a lot of success, but I don't think they want to play the new game with NIL and if players eventually become employees and all that, like, I don't think they want to go down that road. So people have talked about Stanford, Notre Dame coming in together. And, I, and you could argue Stanford would be the last one that you would want to bring. Cause I don't even know what the dedication to football is long-term if they're going to play that game. Uh, and you feel bad for Cal who's trying real hard and that's kind of their partner. Like it'd be tough to break that one up, but you could see a scenario where Stanford and Notre Dame come in. I think the two bigger brands, like you mentioned, Washington and, and Oregon, um, you know, if, if you're just really trying to build that up, the problem is they're not going to, you know, USC and UCLA make everyone's piece of pie, even though it's more pieces, make them bigger. Like Oregon and Washington wouldn't do that. So you're really more like kind of making people happy. But if I'm talking to USC and UCLA people, I don't think they care to have Oregon come along, or at least right now. It's one of those things where Oregon's done a great job recruiting Southern California. And you're kind of like, well, we're going to leave you behind. <laughs> How are you going to recruit now that you're in this lower division? So um, I don't think that USC people, you know, I, and initially they're like, oh, you want to see all these teams join. But then after a while, you're like, that's probably better. <laughs> they kind of don't do it. Uh, but if you're trying to make the league stronger, just like brands and like just they don't care about money, I think, you know, it'd be nice to have the Bay Area schools and like Oregon and Washington coming along. But like Utah's probably the most Big Ten team that, you know, the, the Pac-12 has, the way they, they play. And I, I just love the way they've built that program. Um, but, you know, I don't know. They're probably more of a, a Big 12 kind of team right now than a, than a Big Ten. It's like Wisconsin West or Iowa West. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, right. I mean, USC, Ohio State, is that how they're going to open this thing uh, in 2024? Week two or something like that. I think that'd be fantastic. But uh, you're going to get a lot of Midwest traveling in uh, and, and maybe some East Coast as well. It's, it's crazy to think the Trojans will be coming up here uh, that often. It's crazy. I've been to like Nebraska. Uh, I've been to the, the Horseshoe. You know, I've been to Columbus, but like I've been to like the Big House. I've been to Champaign. Like I want to check out uh, some of the different venues. Going to Iowa. You know, any anything. You know, the Happy Valley. Uh, all that kind of stuff would be fun. USC opens with LSU in 2024 season, like at in Las Vegas. So like you, you open like LSU and then like Ohio State and the Coliseum or in the Horseshoe like the next week. Like that'd be pretty fun. They end it with Notre Dame. So like. You know, they're going to have a, a nine game, most likely Big Ten schedule bookended by LSU and Notre Dame. So but whatever, that, that'll be a fun first year <laughs> in the conference. Well, Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com, man. I know you've been busy. It's been crazy time for you guys, but uh, welcome to the Big Ten officially. And uh, can't wait to talk more and can't wait to visit uh, out at USC. Thanks so much. I mean, I have had so much fun like watching like my friends that cover texas and oklahoma talking about the sec like we're like part of the you know like and they're not part of it yet like I'm, i just want to have fun with it like if someone talks trash about the big 10 i can go on twitter and like don't talk about my conference like that you know so all the fun kind of jokes you can do for the next two years i think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah i, I wonder how long it's gonna take for usc fans to say my conference hey big 10 <laughs> la uh it's gonna be crazy ryan thanks man thank you Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Joey Wagner joining us. And Joey, let's talk about UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. The last time we talked about this on the podcast, it wasn't official yet, but later that night, it became official. And now we have to think of a world where USC, uh, where we grew up watching Matt Weiner and Reggie Bush and uh, Lendell White and that crew kind of owning college football there for a moment. And obviously a very, very good program. Um, you know, struggled here recently, but with, with the coach they have now, the recruits they're getting, uh, it feels like USC is going to bounce back. It's going to be interesting to see how they fit in the Big Ten. UCLA has been a, a program that obviously has a lot of prestige, but hasn't had a lot of football success. Um, one reason I've discussed on here that uh, we've talked about who would be a good non-conference opponent. I think UCLA would be great, kind of a basketball school, but football, they've had some, some nice years, but never really a lot of sustained success. So how do you think locally uh, USC UCLA impacts uh, joining the big 10 football impacts Illinois football? Yeah, I think the biggest way, Jeremy, is divisions. Like, we've seen divisions kind of go away in the ACC. We, we know that's a real possibility with the rule change. We basically don't have to have divisions to put two teams in the conference championship game. So that's a big one. Like, this gives the excuse, right? There's two outliers on the West Coast that you can't necessarily just shoehorn into the Big Ten West and say, it is, surprise. Like, this feels like... I'm not even the first domino, just another domino to fall and, and finally punting these things. And that's a big deal for Illinois because we've talked about it. I don't think it's a secret. We'd be naive to think this wasn't true. You want to be in the West if you're Illinois, if you're trying to rebuild, if you're trying to get up there. It's a more winnable division. Ohio State's not in the West. Michigan's not in the West. Michigan State, Penn State, like those are the powerhouses right now of the Big Ten, and you don't have to deal with them to win your division like that to me is far and away the biggest answer see i'm gonna go even more macro than this joey this is a phenomenal thing for illinois okay um we could talk about the the micro and i'll dive into that but if illinois if, if they had a relegation system in college football illinois would have been relegated a long time ago right but you're in the big 10 and you are a founding member of the big 10 you have one of the biggest alumni bases so you are still very very valuable right, to the Big Ten, uh, given all of that. But you have just not been successful in, in college football. But now, all of a sudden, you know, Illinois has been gaining, right? It feels like, maybe not on the field, but with every other resource, despite having a bad football program for a long time, Illinois has some of the best facilities, at least practice facilities, right? Uh, or the, the, the whole Smith Center, right? You have all of these resources pouring into the program because you're in the Big Ten. And now that's only going to increase. So you have to get the higher, right? You have to get the right leader. And that's what Josh Ruben hopes with Brett Bielma. And, and it's, it's really important for Brett Bielma to get this thing right and just have some sustained success relatively for Illinois. But at the same time, like you are now definitely one of the halves in college football. Despite the lack of success, you are a have just by being in the Big Ten. 
you are probably in a couple of years going to make hundreds of millions of TV re revenue, right? Like nine figures of media rights revenue. And a lot of that is because of the, the football aspect of the Big Ten. So the fact that you're in that and not in the ACC or the Big 12, like you have a one up on all of those programs and uh, the Pac-12 or whatever that's going to be, right? Like you have a one up. So even though you haven't risen quite yet. The Big Ten is is taking you with them a little bit. So that's my big takeaways. It's it's much better to be in the Super Conference than to be felt left out. Like NC State right now, Kansas State right now, better football programs in Illinois, but for the long term, Illinois is positioned better. So like in recruiting, Joey, if I'm going up against those schools, not Brett Bielema, it's like. We're in the super conference. We're, we're where the eyeballs are. We're where the resources are. So to win those recruiting battles, I think just became a little easier for Illinois. You hope so, right? I and mean, if you're Illinois, you hope it became easier because that's a pretty good pitch. If you're going up against teams in the present day, I have to say present day because we're filming this on Tuesday at 1230. Who knows what it's going to look like by, I mean, literally as early as tonight. You just don't know. You never know. Like the present-day ACC, the present-day Big 12, the present-day Pac-12. Now, how soon all that changes, I don't know. But you have this window right now on the recruiting trail that you can say, we're here. We're here. Like, you don't have to worry about this. We're going to continue to have, I mean, really going to, you're going to continue to have funding for your program. You're going to continue to make a lot of money. Like, all that matters if you want to try to sustain something, Jeremy. But look at you, you want to look at each school individually. Like, does USC... I don't, how do I want to put, does it matter to Illinois? Like it probably matters to Ohio state. It probably matters to Penn state. It probably matters to Michigan, but where Illinois is right now, USC doesn't change much for who you are or what you need to do. You're going to see them starting in 2024, a couple of times or once every couple of years, that's probably not going to be fun. I mean, it's just not, but I mean, for, from the head to head aspect, I don't know if you're competing for recruits. I don't know if you're competing at the same level of the big 10, right? Like you're, I think Illinois fans understand, like it's kind of a different world, like Ohio state, Michigan, even, you know, Penn state now USC, like they're competing for a different level of college football right now. Illinois is just trying to, to find a way to bowl games, find a way to, to rise. What is now the division. You mentioned the divisions, Joey. I think as of right now, if like nothing else changed, which I don't think is going to be the case, but if, if the big 10 state at 16 entering 2024, right? They, they wiped out the schedules uh, a couple weeks ago for a reason online. And this found out is the reason. Um, I would imagine they go to a three, six, six model where you have three protected rivalries. And I think if you're Illinois, you hope that is Northwestern Purdue. And I think Indiana makes a lot of sense, but if it's Iowa or whoever, um, or if it's Ohio state, I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense for the big 10. Um, but I, I think that would make sense for Illinois. And then you play, half the league, you know, twice every four years. Right. So that would make a lot of sense, but then what if four more teams join? What if Notre Dame, you know, two pack 12 teams, maybe a, a, an ACC team. I don't know. What if that joins then I, do we even have, like, do you go back to divisions? Do you go back to a West East split? Like we're Notre Dame's in the, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like either way. I still think Illinois is trying to do what it's doing. Like, I, I don't think a ton changes about, Hey, we're trying to beat more of our peers, right? We're trying to more consistently compete with our peers. Does that become tougher? 
I don't know. I think it's been tough anyway, right? Like Purdue, Minnesota, look how much those programs have risen. Like everybody in the Big Ten, because of these meteorite steals, has great resources and can go and hire, steal good coaches, right? And then they can build great facilities. I don't think that changes. Uh, I, I think it's it just elevates your game a little bit, elevates your resources, but it does the same for everybody else. So I still think you're looking to compete and beat Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern, Iowa, those programs more and find a way to where eventually can we have the sustained success that Iowa has, right? Like I think that still is the goal or to be the next Michigan state. Like I still think those are the goal. Yeah. That was exactly my next point. Put UCLA into that mix as well. Like your peers, if you're Illinois, do not change. You still are, are trying to catch the Northwesterns, the and I know Northwesterns had a they're, they're such a weird team year to year. Yeah, I, I know that. But you're trying to get to them. You're trying to get to the Wisconsin's, the Iowa, where you know what you are year over year. And on the way, you've got a you're trying to get to Purdue, right? Like you're trying all those schools that you're trying to be, you're trying to pass. Those don't change. You just added a super heavyweight. That's really not going to be your problem by and large, other than a couple times, once every couple of years. And UCLA, which probably by and large isn't going to be much a problem, except for once every couple of years. Those, the fundamentals of who you need to pass, they're still there. And that doesn't, this doesn't change for them either, really, right? Like, they're, it's still the same, the same schools trying to fight for that. Like, the upper tier is the upper tier. I only would like to not be in the bottom tier anymore like find your way into that middle tier and i think there's you can really do some work there yeah so joey if uh the big 10 gets to say 20 who are the teams who's your list everyone has a list right now what's what's joey wagner's list i need four more yeah so so adding to ucla and usc that gets us to 16 who are the four more they're going to add over the next i would say four years right like i don't know if it happens right away I think Notre Dame, like that'll be the big domino. And, and maybe if Notre Dame goes this year, uh, then, then maybe all of a sudden you do add three more. But uh, over the next couple of years, if you add four more, who are they? There's no bigger domino than Notre Dame. Like they right now, Notre Dame right now exists as probably the most interesting team in college sports. Because whatever they do, like imagine if they go to the Big Ten. Like that's Scrooge McDuck money you're talking to at some of the, these deals. Like that's a big deal. So you put Notre Dame... I, I think Oregon would be fascinating because you still have to have West Coast teams, right? Like it's still in my mind doesn't compute to have two teams all the way out West. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So do you poach from the Pac-12? Do you do you get an Oregon? Uh, I, I don't know how attractive would Stanford be. Washington. Um, I th those three. Colorado would be in that mix for me. You, you've got to have you've got to pick three leftovers really and i hate to say leftovers but the pac-12 is kind of on thin ice here a little bit so give me oregon notre dame saying washington without washington state's hard isn't it seems like it i like i think washington's a really good brand it's uh especially on the west coast it's good market i don't know how much markets matter anymore uh, it's not as good of a brand as some other teams. Like if you could get a North Carolina, I don't know how gettable mm. North Carolina is, especially right now. I think that would be the the next four. If once the ACC grant of rights is is more, you know, more affordable for some of those teams to kind of take away from. Um, 
I, I, I think the schools I'm settling on, are, Oregon would be big, but Notre Dame's obviously the clear one. Um, I think Oregon, Washington would like make a nice West Coast, but out after Notre Dame, I, I think Stanford might be it, Joey. Um, academically, the, the presidents and chancellors care a lot about that. They are a fantastic athletics program. Now, their basketball football isn't as big, but they already have rivalries with USC and Notre Dame. You know, Michigan has played Stanford some years. Like, I think there's it's a fit uh, culturally, athletically. And you add them with USC and USC, and I think it helps your Olympic sports profile a lot. How much does that matter? I don't know. But, like, I still think it's a really good brand. Stanford Northwestern could be a nice rivalry, right, if, if we're trying to figure out future of that. And, and if, if market does matter, and I still think it matters a little bit, uh, getting into the Bay Area, I, I think, w- would be important. I think Stanford's probably better than Cal uh, at this point with where Cal is. So I, I think Notre Dame, Stanford, Oregon, and do you just bring Washington along, or, or do you look to poach the ACC because North Carolina – sure would be a big, big brand, Joey. And in that market, in that part of the country, you know, you're talking about expanding your reach, getting brands, North Carolina basketball is one of the biggest brands in, in sports. You get the Jordan brand involved there. Uh, I think North Carolina would certainly be probably number two uh, on the Big Ten's list of desires after Notre Dame, which is which is interesting because it's not football, right? Like I haven't included Miami or Florida State or some of those um clemson i think would be sec bound if this happens uh but you know everything about the big 10 academic still matters the athletic profile matters reach matters and i think you know notre dame north carolina stanford oregon washington all make pretty much sense that's five so your, four of those so, so in your hypothesis like you would still have the two that we already know ucl and usc Oregon and Stanford out West, like a 14 pod out West feels fine to me. Doesn't it like that feels okay. Cause on the East, you kind of have that a little bit with Penn state, Rutgers, Maryland, that's three teams, but whatever. It would be weird with Washington kind of out on its own, like going to the big 12. Wouldn't it? Like, I, yeah. I know they could add Utah and things like that. Um, I just struggle to take Oregon without Washington or, or struggle to take Washington without, I, I just think those two, um, make a lot of sense together. Their, their athletic brands, I think, are strong. Um, but Stanford might just be the better fit um, overall if you want to take between Stanford and Washington. Yeah, I, I don't. It's hard for me because my mind still goes to geography, and it shouldn't. Like, I, I have to acknowledge that it shouldn't, and it's a stupid thing for my mind to do that. But here I am in visual, like, I've already somehow, my logic doesn't make any sense, Jeremy. Like, I've talked myself into the, the UCLA and USC area. Then Washington, to me, is like, oh, I don't know, man. That's kind of out there a little bit. But, like, you can't think like that Seattle's anymore. I think that's pretty awesome. That's what we all have to come to grips to is you can't, we can't think geographic anymore. And it's a very weird reality to face, right? But maybe in some instances, it still matters. It's probably what would make Notre Dame and the Big Ten an attractive match. Uh, in some capacity outside of the fact that you just added those two, but dude, this is weird. It's, it's good for the big 10. There's going to be a lot of money rolling through that place and through those schools. It is just a little weird to, to just say, whatever geography doesn't matter. Here's the best 
academic profiles, about the best athletic profiles. To your point, does market matter? It probably but may, might be overstated in some capacities. Uh, but man, Big Ten, Big Ten network from East Coast to West Coast. Is that real? Who would have thought a year ago after Texas and Oklahoma got poached that the Big 12 might be in a good spot as like the third league or fourth league, right? Like they're going to poach all these Pac-12 programs, which I would go on the offensive, you know, set yourself up as the, like the best have not conference, right? Give yourself a good media rights deal, not a great one, but like there will still be a ton of interest in those programs. If you can steal Arizona, let's be the number one basketball you know, conference. I think that's what uh, the Big 12 is going for with, with some solid football, right? Like, so good for them, but the Pac-12, man, uh, looking real, real danger of, of just, you know, disappearing, which is which is crazy to think about, Joey. Pac-12's trying to find a friend anywhere, man. Yeah, I mean, like they are. They tried the alliance thing, well, that, so, that, so that didn't really work out for the Pac-12. Like, now they're trying to, the Big 12 need a friend. Like, the Pac-12 is just looking for Looking for someone, man. They're, they're tired of spending weekends alone. Didn't know Kevin Warren had this kind of ruthlessness in him, but man, uh, it was a it was a big move for him. Uh, even if hey, people come to him and say, "Hey, we want to join your conference," he said yes. Um, so so kudos to to Kevin Warren for for making the move that is going to really obviously be the biggest one of his tenure, most likely. So two things: how aggressive does the Big Ten have to be in terms of making the calls? Like, can you just put your feet up? Yeah. And let schools call you. Yeah, it's it's Notre Dame right now. It's got to be Notre Dame. Um, you don't want to probably make another move without Notre Dame. And I think, Notre, that. I think Notre Dame now knows, like, this this independence thing doesn't make sense anymore. It, it just doesn't make sense anymore when we're losing $85 million potentially on the table. And it's still such a huge brand that the Big Ten wants them it would really increase, right? Like their meteorites deal. And it just makes sense. Notre Dame and the big 10 has always made sense. Um, so I, I think that's the one they're waiting for. And otherwise they know, I don't think Oregon Stanford are going to jump on board of the big 12. I don't think so. Uh, I just think they're, they're, they're waiting on Notre Dame to kind of be that piece. And I think the sec is too, because if Notre Dame joins the big 10, I think that's when they go get Clemson. I think that's when they maybe go get Miami, Florida state. Yeah. Second part, Jeremy, how it, we're like three weeks away from Big Ten football media days. How interesting did this just get in the last six days? I mean, this is I'm glad it's not just reports, right? Like, I'm glad it's out there and we don't have to dance around anything. I, I'm fascinated to hear Kevin Warren discuss this and really what other I mean, I don't know how interested i am in some of the other coaches because the answer is always going to be yeah it's great we love it like I, I i would be more floored if the opposite happened if someone's like this stinks this is the worst like i don't think that's going to be the case but it's an interesting angle and by the way everyone's going to be talking about it in indianapolis everyone yeah we'll be talking about it for a while here at illini inquire thank you joey let's talk the basketball side of the big moves by the big 10 i think this is probably a little simpler uh for illinois basketball but Derek piper here with us and Derek USC UCLA joining the Big Ten. Obviously, UCLA, a monster name, probably the one of the biggest brands in college basketball history, obviously, has been known as a blue blood. They've kind of had some ups and downs over the last couple of decades. But how do you think these two teams from the Pac-12 uh, affects Illinois basketball? 
think the obvious is what has been the deepest league in the country and the Big Ten just became deeper. I, that's the obvious one that stands out to me when you look at UCLA, even when they're not at peak form as a tournament team, a team that is really over the last 15 years consistently gotten to the second weekend at least, and here they're a year removed from a Final Four run that we saw uh, when they were playing Gonzaga in a really good game two years ago. So uh, Mick Cronin's got that thing going pretty well, and we'll see if they can consistently stay nationally in that top 10, top 15 mix. But at the very least, they're going to be a tournament team, a team that's going to compete in the top half of the Big Ten, and that's another challenger for Illinois, of course. Uh, USC is interesting because the Evan Mobley little blip on the radar for USC here recently to the Elite Eight two years ago, uh, that showed maybe a, the upside of a, a USC program, but it's still one that has only gone to the second weekend twice in the last two decades. So they haven't had the consistency, but Andy Enfield did just pull in a top 10 class. I think there is an appeal to USC and the, the Evan Mobley. Uh, I'm not going to call it an era because it was only one year, but what he showed gave some uh, some cachet to USC and I think probably helped on the recruiting side. So I think it's just going to make the conference deeper. It'll provide some intriguing matchups as we talked about last week, Illinois getting to play at Poly Pavilion will be really cool. And, and for the league in general, it, it just creates some more interesting, as, as I was saying, interesting matchups. It'll just be, I wonder how they're going to adjust if you're going to expand the conference schedule even further. What do you take out in the non-conference? Um, for Illinois, it's just uh, another another contender in there and, and UCLA for sure. And uh, USC is pretty solid as well. Yeah, the one thing I think you would be concerned about schedule-wise, Derek, is like, are they going to play Indiana less? Are they going to play, you know, some of these rivals less? But but going to UCLA, USC, I don't think Illinois is going to be complaining about. It. And I think you're right. I think in basketball, the stronger the schedule, the better. When you are trying to be a powerhouse like Illinois, and they've been a Big Ten powerhouse, there's no reason to be scared, I think, of UCLA, USC. Now, I do think when you do win a Big Ten title moving forward, Derek, it means more than ever because it's going to be so hard to win a big 10 regular season title, right? Like there's just so many teams that if you had divisions in the big 10 basketball, like those almost would be like winning a conference title now. So I think we got to adjust like winning big 10 titles. It might be a little bit longer than it, it, it has been in the past for some teams, but I just think this is this is great for the conference. Like the Big 12 could still be really good at basketball if they expand uh, as they're expected to and steal some Pac-12 teams. But I think the Big 10 just became uh, a deeper conference, as you said. And and I'll say this, Derek, a more talented conference. Because one thing you could pick uh, apart with the Big 10 is outside of this year, like they just haven't produced a ton of pros. We know UCLA has been doing this for a while. And Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Drew Holiday, uh, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, right? Like, and you can even mention if you're a big NBA fan, you know, Kyle Anderson, Kevon Looney, Darren Collison have been really good players, right? But USC kind of goes under the radar. Um, they draw talent. Now they haven't had a lot of great teams there, but they draw talent and Andy Enfield is, is doing a really good job. But just over the last 15 years, don't look as far as Chicago, right? DeMar DeRozan, uh, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Nick Young, O.J. Mayo, Onyeka Nkongwu just was a, a top 10 pick. And, of course, you mentioned Evan Mobley, who could be one of the stars of the league in a couple of years. So uh, I think it just helps the Big Ten talent level in, in the recruiting reach, Derek. I mean, now, you know, I, I think Illinois has is, is kind of looked 
countrywide, globally to recruit. Uh, maybe your brand gets into some LA homes and, and all of a sudden kids watch, whether it's Ty Rogers or, you know, um, Sky Clark, who's from the West, right? Like he's played in the West here recently. Um, maybe you, your brand can expand a little bit and uh, you can get guys like Jazz Gardner and all that, right? Yeah, potentially your brand does extend out there and those players that maybe get overlooked by UCLA or USC, not saying that Illinois is in a position where they need to find overlooked pieces, but I think that uh, also just go out there and, and contend with them knowing that they might get that return home type of games at UCLA, at USC for players that certainly, I think a lot of times at least want to see their families at some games. I know that that could be a value to them. And yeah, no doubt on the talent standpoint, I think it's very interesting stylistically. Like, is this going to push the Big Ten, those that are still in that 1980s, 1970s style of basketball? Uh, you know, you got the Purdue's that are really sticking in on, on that with the big man in the post and that physical style versus we've seen UCLA, we've seen USC just have that length, that athleticism, that versatility uh, that work, has worked for them. It's why we've seen more deep runs. I think it's, it's a part of the reason why when you compare the talent and then maybe I think the stylistic part of it is has led to some deeper runs for the Pac-12. And I think if we don't know yet what Oregon's destination is going to be, if you were able to rope in Oregon as well, you're definitely talking about another team that, number one, is – you know, perennially top 20, at least top 15, top 20 team. And that team knows how to recruit Illinois, Illinois fans, how many battles they've been in, or just when Oregon's on the recruiting list, they, they know that they're a tough one as well, as far as pulling in talent. Yeah. I, I didn't even mention Coleman Hawkins from California, right? Sacramento. And he, he's on Illinois. Um, yeah, Derek, I, I asked Joey and we know football's driving this thing, right? But if, if basketball were driving this thing, who would who would be Derek Piper's next four? Like Big Ten's going to expand, right? Who would be your next four? So you can throw out Notre Dame, right? You don't got to put football into this. If you're just picking basketball teams, who would you want to add to this? Oh man, just picking basketball teams. Let's take Arizona. Let's take Oregon. Let's take Kansas. And can we dip it in the ACC? Is that is that something we can do? Some people are throwing out like Carolina and Duke. Like, is that is that possible? I don't think, do they separate? I don't know if they separate, uh, but if one did, I think it'd be North Carolina, right? Like, cause North Carolina, I think there's a lot of appeal in so many ways. Uh, just their national brand is so big. Uh, I do think their football program can be good, but great academics, great market for however much markets matter. Uh, Arizona. Yeah. It sounds like Arizona is going to go to the big 12, but that would be pretty appealing. Can and you and I, yeah, Kansas, I think makes a ton of sense, both regionally, brand wise. I still think it would make sense even to add them in football. So, um, and it'd be not bad for like a Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois involved there. Like that could be a little bit of fun with football if they ever kind of get a little bit better. Can they flip Missouri? Is that is that on the table? They always made sense, didn't they? Like I always felt like Missouri made more sense in the Big Ten than it did in the SEC. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, Kansas, oh man, Kansas, UCLA, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State, like North Carolina. Another line. North Carolina. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Yeah, because the Big 12 can uh, build up. And I that, that seems like they got uh, a pension for basketball, Oregon, Arizona, they're going after according to reports. But uh, man, if the, if the Big 10 could 
could add some of those programs too. I, Big Ten basketball is in a good place. Illinois basketball is in a good place. And Derek, I don't, I don't think this changes any of that, right? Definitely not. I know that some are going to say it's outside of the traditional Big Ten footprint, and that's going to rub some people the wrong way. And you're going to get inevitably a 10 o'clock Central Time tip when your team's playing out. You know, whether it's USC, UCLA, if they do add an Oregon type, uh, and that that will fire up some complaints on the old Twitterverse. But other than that, it's it just continues to further the product. It adds more good teams. I think that we already like it, and there's a little bit there's obviously a lot more flexibility in basketball to play a more diverse schedule and to, to go different places where football is a little bit more locked in. We only have a select amount of non-conference, but I mean, why, why not where we've seen Brad and Illinois want to go play. You can even see it this year, go to New York, go to Las Vegas, adding a couple that are just going to be part of your conference is, is fine. I think it'll be interesting to see how big is the conference season? Is it 24 games? Is it 25 games? I was looking and I looked up that the Gavin games contract, I think ends after this year. I think it was an eight year deal. And maybe that's something that you don't ultimately renew. I think you'd still want if the ACC staying together, the ability to play some big 10 ACC challenge and some flexibility to play the Maui, the Thanksgiving tournaments. Uh, but yeah, I think it's all really interesting and yeah, big 10 basketball is still going to have that quality, but to be the bill Walton conference of champions, it needs a champion because Maryland's still the last one of this group, even throwing USC and UCLA uh, as far as teams that are now in the Big Ten to win a title is Maryland back early 2000s. Yeah, the more you expand, the more chances you get of ending that streak. So that's a, that's a great way to end it. Derek Piper, thank you, buddy. Absolutely, man. Great stuff from everybody today. Thank you to Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com. Fantastic stuff. And yeah, I, I was just thinking about the Big Ten chance. Big 10, big 10, like if uh, they beat an SEC team in L.A. That's that's crazy to think about. Uh, but thank you to Ryan Abraham. Fantastic. One of our best uh, guys and in, in the 24-7 Sports Network uh, giving us the insight there. Uh, talk with Derek Piper about the basketball side of things. Joey Wagner, the football side of things. So where it goes from here will be very, very interesting. I think Notre Dame is the big domino. Doesn't seem like the Big Ten is in a rush this year uh, to add anything, but if it was Notre Dame, I'm sure they would. Uh, the interesting part to me is a school like Oregon or Washington that could probably land in the Big 12 today. The Big 12 would love to have them, um, but do they decide to hang on and wait to see if the Big Ten lets them in? See if the Pac-12 uh, is able to survive here. Um, that's going to be the interesting part to me is how quickly – these musical chairs go around or is it like last year when you had this big move with Texas, Oklahoma, and then you had a pause and the big 12 survived and the big 12 got aggressive, right? And they survived. Uh, can the PAC 12 have that moment? Um, or is it just all temporary waiting on Notre Dame? Uh, and then I believe if Notre Dame happened, I think you'd see the sec make some moves for some of these ACC programs eventually. Uh, but that ACC a grant of rights deal, um, that's important because it's very expensive to buy out, but at some point it might be worth it for a Clemson or a North Carolina or, a, you know, Florida state, Miami to, to, to make these moves, uh, to figure out where they can be, or can the ACC hold this thing together? Uh, the big 12 is in, the big 10 and the sec are in positions of strength and they can wait. And Ryan kind of hit on this, but the big 10 has added two programs that raise the value of the Big Ten with UCLA and USC getting that LA market, getting um, the USC brand 
Notre Dame certainly would do that as well. Who else does that? Oregon and Washington? No, you're probably going to have to share more if you're in Illinois. Um, you got to share maybe some $100 million, go down to $90 million a year, right? Um, if you North Carolina, do they do that? It's a pretty big market in North Carolina, pretty big population out there that, that some people don't realize. Like That would be a huge brand, obviously, in college athletics. going to be fascinating, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen next because I did not see this one coming. But uh, some people did, and uh, USC sounds like they're pretty happy about it, and I, I would be too if I just tripled my revenue every year. And all of a sudden, I have Lincoln Riley as the head coach. I'm going to be playing in one of the super conferences. Caleb Williams is there. Jordan Addison's there. And for the Big Ten, this is great for the brand. Uh, but I can understand anybody doesn't like this. I can understand it. It's different. I will say that college football realignment's been happening for decades. And they've come in these waves. And, you know, Nebraska wave was over, you know, Nebraska-Maryland Rutgers. That was almost 10 years ago now. You know, Penn State was 30 years ago. Uh, and now you're adding, you know, two more big, big ones. I think just consolidation. This is, this is capitalism in college athletics right now. And while some people don't like it, that's kind of what happens in our country with these kind of businesses. And right now on television, the main driver of revenue is sports because we watch sports live on television. It's one of the main reasons I have television still in my house, why I have a cable subscription still in my house. It's because of college sports, pro sports. That's what's driving all of the revenue right now. It's the most wanted product. And that's what you're seeing play out is you're having some of these haves and have nots and the haves are starting to consolidate with each other. And the hard part is for these have nots, what happens to them? Like if you're an Oregon state fan, if you're a Kansas state fan, Kansas state in the big 10, 12 right now, maybe not the worst place to be, um, but if, if you're saying a couple of years, what, what about Wake Forest or NC State? What happens to those programs? I don't know. I don't know. That's why if you're Illinois, you're very happy to be in the Big Ten. Very happy to be in the Big Ten. If you're Vanderbilt, you're very happy to be in the SEC. If you're Mississippi State, very happy to be in the SEC. Uh, Illinois brings a lot of value, but it's certainly good to be in that home rather than maybe the Big 12 at this moment. All right, thank you as always for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We put a lot of our video content up there, interviews, podcasts, daily dishes, interviews with players and coaches. You can find that all on our YouTube page. Just subscribe to us there. Hit the notifications bell. That really helps us out. All right, everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. told you imaginary friends are real this is just so exciting this friday get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined showtime ryan reynolds john krasinski kaylee fleming fiona shaw phoebe waller bridge louis gossett jr matt damon emily blunt george clooney maya rudolph bradley cooper sebastian maniscalco john stewart sam rockwell aquafina keegan michael key and steve carell i need to throw up or i need a snack it's one of the two gross if with pg parental guidance suggested written and directed by john krasinski